0: just as magically as the draft leaked from Justice Samuel Alito describing his position on, the, on Dobbs, on Roe v. Wade, just as magically as it appeared and people don't know how it leaked, we are now told that after all of these months of searching for the leaker, the Supreme Court can't figure it out. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Find everything, tonykatz.locals.com. William Jacobson joins us right now, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind legalinsurrection.com. The the Supreme Court, what they said, sir, is that they've been unable to to identify the person. The team has to date been unable to identify a person responsible by a preponderance of the evidence. When you read this, first, what did their legalese say to you? And then secondly, as a man who, who teaches the law, who practices the law, who engages in cases, what does this say to you?
1: Well, when they use that term, that does ju- kind of jump out at you, preponderance of the evidence. It's like a legal standard. It tells me that they think they know who did it, but they just don't have enough to, you know, out the person. So that's what it's telling me. They, they have a pretty good idea who did it. They just don't have enough evidence that they're comfortable going public with it. So that jumped out at me. Very unusual to see that. Uh, and the other thing is this was so botched. I mean, they should have brought the FBI uh, in on day one. They should have brought them in very quickly. I mean, we know when the FBI wants to get evidence, they manage managed to get evidence. They, they could have done electronic things. I mean, there has to be some sort of trail here that the longer you wait, the colder it gets and they didn't do that. And so uh, I I think that that, you know, this was botched once they didn't find the person within a week or two, the likelihood they were going to find the person just dropped dramatically. So it was a completely botched investigation.
0: So as you see it, botched because John Roberts, the chief justice, is incompetent in the administrative part of his task as chief justice, or botched because the last thing they wanted to do was out whoever did this because that would require some kind of punishment, and they didn't want to be in the position of actually carrying that out?
1: Well, uh, maybe a combination of the two. I think that there was an administrative decision made early on to let the marshal of the Supreme Court who doesn't really have the sort of background and doesn't have the resources, forget background, doesn't have the resources to to conduct this sort of investigation Do it. So administratively, and I'm not sure why that was done, Uh, it might be that the Supreme Court, you know, they're separate branches of government. The Supreme Court didn't want the executive branch essentially rifling through its files. So that might have been part of it. Maybe they thought it would be an easy thing to find out. So it was botched administratively. And, you know, I think that uh, in terms of punishment, I don't know. You know, I I, I don't think that would necessarily be the issue. I think it would have been important to the court long term to send a message that whether you're punished or not, whether you're disbarred or not, it may or may not have been a crime, whatever happened here, depending how they did it. Uh, So but you, you will be found out. And that so now we have the opposite messages. You get away with it.
0: Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. You shared a tweet from uh, Jonathan Turley, uh, George Washington uh, University, one of your uh, contemporaries, who states um, it will likely revive concerns over whether the FBI should have been asked to take the lead on this investigation. The FBI should have been asked to take the lead on this investigation, and I, I think there will be plenty of people who will be like, yeah, but who trusts the FBI right now? Why didn't John Roberts ask for the FBI to investigate?
1: Well, I, I don't, we don't know what went on behind the scenes. We only know what's, what's public, and what's public is that it was handled by the marshal. What the marshal did, we don't know. But we know, I mean, there, does anybody doubt that the FBI, had they you know, put a full team on this, they have, they've done a full port, uh, court press that they, they wouldn't have found the person. I mean, they find people who, you know, uh, have done other things that very far removed from the scene, electronic communications. They're good at breaking those sort of things. Uh, so, I mean, I just find it hard to believe that if on day one, uh, John Roberts had brought in, the, you know, the FBI uh, with a full court press, no pun intended, to to find this person, I got to believe the FBI would have found the person. And it's a limited circle of people who would have had physical access to the document. And, you know, we're not talking about a potential pool of 10,000 people who could have gotten it. I think we're talking about less than 200. Uh, So I, I find it very hard to believe that the FBI couldn't have put, you know, put it together.
0: Now let's take uh, something else Turley said. The Supreme Court's report indicates that they cannot isolate the culprit among the over 80 possible suspects for the Dobbs leak. It is an admission that is almost as chilling as the leak itself. As a lawyer, uh, you, you speak to other lawyers, uh, d- just as you are in the legal profession. How bothered are you personally by them not finding uh, the leaker or, or giving up on even trying?
1: Well, I think it's it's extremely troubling. I mean, you know, uh, whatever problems the judiciary has, and they have problems like the rest of society, you know, the kind of the sanctity of chambers is something that's respected, you know, and the fact that the chambers, meaning the judges, what goes on behind the scenes, now have to wonder when they give a message from one justice to another, is that going to leak when they circulate drafts? Because, you know, the whole process, it turned out that the draft that was leaked ended up being very close to the one that was published, but that's not always the case. A lot of times, early drafts change dramatically, including who's voting for, who's voting against. And so I think this is so disruptive of the whole process that you'd like to think that judges can communicate with each other and hash things out and talk through cases, particularly at the Supreme Court level, where everything they take affects a big part of society. It's not just like to individuals who get affected. You'd like to think they could go through that deliberative process without having to worry that everything you say can and will be used against you later on. Uh, So I think it's extremely, extremely troubling. You know, the only people who I think are in favor of it are people who are completely politically driven, who uh, were in favor of the protests, are glad because of the result that got outed early. So there are some real, you know, uh, legal hacks out there who you know, are celebrating this leak. But that's purely politically driven. And, you know, I, I think, you know, among conservative lawyers, had it been the reverse, I don't think anybody would have been happy if the decision had gone the other way that a draft got leaked. So this is really, to me, a liberal left wing issue that there's some portion of those people, not all of them, some portion who view the you know, the end is justifying any means.
0: A leak that also led to the attempted assassination of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, never mind uh, a lot of uh, fear and and, uh, threatening of other justices. Uh, The view of the court going forward, I often discuss on the show, argue on the show, that faith in institutions is lost, and I am at a loss as to how that returns. The John Roberts Court, How much faith is lost in their ability to not be political when John Roberts goes out of his way to tell us how much he doesn't want to be political? Does this not finding the leak, the leak itself, affect uh, people's view of the court going forward?
1: Well, you have to understand, ever since there was a conservative majority on the court, there has been a war on the court by many Democrats, and particularly Democrat politicians like Sheldon Whitehouse. Okay, relentless, endless attempts to delegitimize the court. So this advances their cause. If you want to engage in conspiracy theories, who benefited by this? The people who benefit, certainly not people who are interested in the substantive issue because it was going to come out the way it came out no matter what. But the people who benefit are the Sheldon White Houses of the world whose political goal is to delegitimize the Supreme Court, to delegitimize it because it's the one institution in government that is has a majority conservative bent to it. The rest of government is either completely split or left-leaning. Majority of institutions in the U.S. now are left-leaning. And the one that isn't is the Supreme Court. So this is being celebrated by people like Sheldon Whitehouse who want to take the one conservative institution left and delegitimize it. And I think that's a real problem, and I think they've been successful so far. They've, been, I mean, long before... You know, uh, this decision overturning Roe v. Wade, Sheldon Whitehouse was attacking people. Look what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. Look what they've done to almost every Republican nominee to the court. So this is a war on the Supreme Court. And unfortunately, the Sheldon Whitehouses of the world are winning.